What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Playing On Podcast. My name is Carl Markowski, and I very much appreciate you joining me. Uh, this episode is brought to you by Melavio. Melavio. Now, this is a CBD company that I have been working with for a uh, for a while now. I use many of their products. I enjoy them, but some of you may not know what CBD is or what it does. Um, a big thing for me, what CBD helps me out with, my anxiety, uh, my I don't have. Maybe I don't have enough OCD at times, uh, but it does help with OCD. Um, it helps with uh, some panic disorders, helps with depression. It helps uh, pain maintenance for your body. It also helps to uh, relieve nausea. It treats seizures. Uh, it, it has so many benefits. And if you are not that familiar with CBD, it is a separate thing than THC. It does not get you high. It doesn't. You don't have any of the psychoactive uh, activity going on with CBD. It is purely medicine, if you ask me. Um, but don't take my word for it. Go ahead and head over to melavio.com. That's M-E-L-L-O-V-E-O.com, and they have any and all types of uh, types of products that you guys can try out. I prefer the salve. I also prefer the uh, the tinctures, the uh, the oils. I just drop a little bit of that in my uh, tea or coffee in the morning, and then I also enjoy uh, the flower. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, that I usually do at night helps helps me stay asleep, kind of dulls out my anxiety, and it uh, it really helps. I also give my dog the little five milligram uh, treats that they make. They're all natural. And he loves them. That's all he wants. He'll stand at the fridge and wait until I give him one. And then he'll do it again later at night. He, he, he loves them. And um, my wife also has been using some products. So it, we've been using it for a while. We really enjoy it. The, the best thing that I really like about Melavio is that they are a, a true home-based, uh, just down-to-earth company that has been making their own product ever since they were initiated um, and that's the the biggest thing is you know what you're getting a lot of other companies are out there they're they're selling CBD or you can go to the corner store you can buy it but you don't know what where it's being made this is these guys are just direct out of uh, Stephen City God, I hope I'm saying that right Stephen City it might be Stephen City I'm gonna say Stephen City because it sounds better <laughs> uh, Sam forgive me but uh, they're out of Stephen City Virginia uh, they have been been making their own product ever since and I have introduced it to many players who are suffering from and I know a lot of players out there who are suffering from um, you know recovery and injuries and I mean paintball is a physical sport let's admit it and if you can't recover correctly or in time uh, why not give yourself a little little bit of a boost with the uh, with the CBD products from Melavio. So make sure you guys check them out. Also, if you guys are looking for a discount, you can get 15% off with the promo code capital TPOP. And uh, and yeah, you can get 15% off your entire order. So make sure you check them out. Again, that's Melavio, M-E-L-L-O-V-E-O.com. Uh, another one of our big sponsors and uh, very, very grateful to be working with 
the man, the myth, the legend, Mr. Mike Thompson over at Charm City Paintball. The biggest thing with him is he is the end-all, be-all with this head game. The They're not mass-produced. You know, all the fabrics and, and headbands that you see, they're all limited runs. They're all one-of-a-kinds uh, to usually, even if he does a fabric, uh, they're usually within that group of, like, 10 or less headbands, but each one is is different. Um, he doesn't get the same, you know, you're not getting a mass-produced print of something over and over and over again. Even if you get a custom series uh, like I ran with him, each one was different. Each had a different camo. Each had a little, you know, a different stitching, uh, and he he does custom work. Um, I mean, honestly, every one of his pieces is custom, but he's also open to uh, into mixing and matching and working with his customers uh, because it's him. He he's a he's a one man show, and has been producing a plus quality work um, ever since he started. And I remember meeting him and seeing his work, and have been super impressed. By, uh, by just the quality of work and the, the love and time put into these products. Whether it be a headband or a head wrap, it, it really, really doesn't matter. Um, he uses uh, vintage patterns. He uses all kinds of designer-like patterns. And you can find everything that he's making currently has for sale. It usually sells out pretty quick. So once a post goes up, there's a lot of people going after it, so you kind of got to be quick on the trigger. But um, that's a paintball pun. Dumb, <laughs> terrible comedian. But uh, but yeah, you can find everything on his Facebook as well as his Instagram. That's Charm City Paintball um, on either one of those platforms, either 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 one, either or. However you want to use the word, you can find all of his stuff over there. And and make sure you let him know that uh, Carl from the Playing On Podcast sent you over there so big thank you to both of our sponsors and if um if you guys have any questions or anything like that about any of the products uh both of those companies are more than willing to work with the customers and uh, give any further info than the small amount that i just gave you in this ad but thank you uh thank you to charm city and melibio this episode is with is with Mr. Robbie Goldsmith. Um, I met this guy. He was playing for uh, CEP Chattanooga, and when they turned pro, and it's really cool to hear that story. Uh, I remember the team. <laughs> I think he said the Butterscotch Warriors or something. But um, I remember playing them when I first got onto AfterShock, and uh, I, I I've just heard his name. Uh, throughout I mean uh, and also it was linked with a work ethic and just a great personality and someone who was very gung-ho in uh, in the sport itself and just being a leader and 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 a great promoter of the sport um, I didn't really know him that well and I'm glad I got to sit down and chat with him for uh, for a little bit but uh, but yeah he is now the head coach over at uh at the level up camp and doing really really good things it, it sounds and looks like that they are meshing well they're getting together and what better thing than something like a, a veteran like that to come in and for everybody to respect him off the bat and be able to give them their full attention and just want to get better and and who are hungry and i can't wait to see that team develop 
I'm really hoping to work with them in the future too to help out any way I can. Uh, but it's really cool to see uh, Robbie working with Pando and the Level Up guys, and to see a pro team coming out of the uh, the Ohio area. So my hats are off to these guys and to Robbie. And uh, and yeah, had a great time. And uh, without me blabbing anymore, here's the podcast with Robbie Goldsmith. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I, there's nothing really. I don't, I don't, I don't think there's nothing we can't talk about. So, right. But, yeah, I got. I always have to do that disclaimer because there's some people that are like, yeah, can we not talk about this and this and this or so and so? I'm like, yeah, I don't care. <laughs> it's I, no big deal, of mine. Um, but uh, but thank you very much for doing this. I, I do appreciate it. Yeah, of course. So I remember, I first remember you when. Let's see, I got on Aftershock halfway through 2013, and then in 14, I think we played you got CFP, because C-E-P, I think, yeah. Or yeah, or yeah, CEP, CFP. I think I got that confused with the Central Florida Paintball. Yeah. But um, CEP, which is Chattanooga, right? Yep. Um, and you guys, are, I remember you guys were, you guys were like an orange and like tan or something dye equipment. Butterscotch kids. There you go. Yeah, that's what that's what we used to call ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so how did let's? But that's just my first memory of uh, of of your name and everything like that. But how did uh, how did paintball for you kind of come about and 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 getting to where you are now, coaching uh, level up? Yeah. So I actually grew up in Chicago. So I'm a I'm a Midwest oh, guy. Really? So I grew up playing at Badlands and Country Club um, with like. I was kind of in like the voltage era. If you remember, like when voltage was the big divisional team, um, played on 93 bulls with Damien, which is just like an ultimate throw together team. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I went to, I went to school at university of Tennessee. So I went to Knoxville for college, like completely quit paintball. And I was like, Oh, I'm just going to go to college and have fun and play hockey with my friends and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I was sitting in math class in my freshman year, like first day, didn't know anyone there. And there was a kid with a shirt in front of me that said, I love paintball. <laughs> and, I, and I was like, oh, like, hey, do you play? And he's like, yeah, yeah. My dad has a field down in Chattanooga. And he's like, you know, I don't have any friends here either. Like, do you want to come play paintball one time? And I was like, man, I just sold all my stuff. Like, maybe, maybe not. I don't know. We'll see. Um, well, it ended up that this guy, the kid's name is Ty Williams and his brother, Alex, their dad, Craig Williams was who originally started and funded CEP. Uh, um, so they owned a small field, literally in the middle of a cow pasture in Chattanooga. And, um, we would travel down like an hour and a half each way and play on the weekends. And mm-hmm. it just so happened that like their dad was pretty well off. So he was like, Hey, we're going to build this program. At, at that point I was D two ranked and they were all D four. So I couldn't even play with them. Oh yeah. So I was just like, I would go down and like kind of help out on the weekends or whatnot. And, uh, and yeah, so his dad just took it super serious. And then it turned into like this thing where they literally went from D5 to D4, D3. When they turned D2, I, I jumped on the team and then we won all the way up to pro. So that was kind of a cool thing. And we would just play every weekend and his dad, they were like my second parents. They would pay for everything and we'd go down and shoot a hundred cases a weekend as a divisional team. And it was oh, just geez. like, Oh, dude, it was insane. We had a turf field, private turf field. Um, so, yeah, so then we hired um, Adam Smith and Kevin Fillers, who were old Naughty Dog guys, mm-hmm. um, and played for Aftermath a little bit. Um, they would coach us. We were in we were D2, and then we just won our way up. So that was kind of 
how we turned pro. We were technically the first team to get an to get an invite to pro, like you know, as a divisional team. It really hadn't been done before us. It was us, and the next year, one eight seven did it. Yeah. Um, so that was kind of cool. And then we played. We were pro for five years. Um, stepped away. It was just we never had the resources. CEP was always like we were always scraping by for paint, and you know, we just never when Craig stepped away from the team, which is after the first year of pro, we really lost most of our resources. And it was just kind of me and another guy keeping the team together. And we always had to bring in young kids that could afford to play pro paintball. And right. it was, yeah, so we just never got to that point where we could like get any better. We were just never got, you know, we never could be that. Um, so did that for five years. And then I, I, uh, I own a couple companies outside of paintball that uh, take up a lot of my time. And at that time when we were done, which was 2015, I was in the middle of raising capital from investors and real life was hitting, right? Right. Um, and without me, like the team just, there wasn't a team. So um, so I was like, hey, I had to step away. I mean, there was, I think the last three tournaments of 2015, I didn't even practice the fields. <laughs> like I, I couldn't, like there was times where I was just like, I had to work on the weekends and it, and it was just crazy. I remember going into World Cup and I was like, yeah, I played the field one time and it was like a Wednesday. Like, and so I was like, this is, you know, so we kind of, we talked to die and everything and, and kind of hung it up and, uh, and it was awesome. And then I was like, all right, cool. I'm going to focus on life for a while and, and step away. And I think I played a couple of 10 mans here and there. Mm-hmm. Um, but then Dave Pando who owns level up and we used to work at die. He was our sponsorship coordinator when CEP was with die. Uh, I knew he was starting the field and then he just randomly called me in the off season. We've had a long history. I used to coach him when he was with Ohio University. Um, he actually played on CEP's divisional team when we were pro. Um, and he called me this off season and he's like, "Hey, would you by any chance be interested in coaching?" He's like, "The team that I have here is going to go pro." And I'm like, "Dude, I've been out of the game. Like, I don't even know what's going on." Mm-hmm. And they, they, and and he's like, "Yeah, well." you know, I'll pay you so-and-so. And I'm like, all right, like this is not a big deal or whatever. But I was, I, I, I was at a point in time in my life where I was like looking for more things to do to have fun. Right. Right. And I was like, I've been beaten down by like the work train for five years. And I'm like, okay, what can I do to have fun? And I love Dave. And like, I was like, all right, I'll see what the guys are about. And then he introduced me to the team. This is two weeks before Vegas. I met the, I met all the guys <laughs> two weeks before Vegas. Yeah. I had like a Skype like this and just met the guys. And I was like, they were all, they reminded me so much of, the Midwestern kids growing up that I grew up with and CEP, like we were just like blue collar, like grinding, like mm-hmm. didn't care what anyone thought, just went out and like played paintball. Um, so yeah, so that was, uh, we had one call and the guys were like, yeah, let's give them a shot. And, uh, then, you know, we went to Vegas and, and did pretty well. And, and now it's just like, it's, it's, we have a great chemistry. The kids respect me. I respect the kids. They're super hard workers. Um, they're actually decent paintball players. Um, <laughs> So it's just cool, and then and then I get to spend a lot of time with Dave and his wife, and and, and the field is awesome, and mm. it's just great, you know. Me and Dave are both big golfers, so we like combine paintball with golf trips now, and oh, it's nice. just, yeah, it's just awesome. Yeah, it's that field down there is is growing into. Well, I mean, it's, it started out really well too. I mean, it started out in such a great direction, and and now um, with the other fields, the additional fields that he's made, and the additions has been has been awesome it's it's been a shame really that i haven't been able to go down there um as much i'm i'm hoping after the this whole kind of quarantine you know this little pandemic thing that's going on i'm really (laughs) hoping to be able to uh to kind of get down there on a regular basis and start uh and start playing yeah well i mean by the time this podcast releases we'll have added our second perfectly leveled turf field 
So, yeah. I mean, yeah. So this weekend we're going to, hopefully the goal is to play the pro invitational this weekend on the new field. And like, it was just a decision like we made two weeks ago. I was like, if we're going to make this into the epic paintball place that we want it to be, and we want to have a program and do all this stuff, like we need another turf field. Mm-hmm. So yeah. So that's in progress right now that actually the team was out there today laying the turf for this weekend. Yeah. So. I saw a little video actually just posted. Yeah. And I think he's, I think it needs for a paintball field to, for what he wants and I, what I think uh, places need and players need is something like what he's setting up. And I think what a lot, what a lot of um, younger field owners are doing now are there is a good combination of a tournament side and a rec side. Obviously, the rec side makes money. Right. We, we all know that. But I think having a very, very well structured and, and fielded tournament side can also generate a pretty good amount, especially if there's not very much um, anywhere else to go, you know, w- within that driving distance. I, I think I think if you can facilitate something like that, it is it is so key in building players because there's 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 something about it like when when you and I were growing up, I feel like we had places to play. Yeah, I mean, within a few hours here or there, like we had a good amount of fields to be able to choose and, and pick from that had players every weekend. Right. And I, and I feel like that's kind of scarce now. And with him doing what he's doing down there is, is a tremendous, um, is, is such a tremendous feat. And I really hope nobody down there takes it for granted. I really <laughs> hope. I think some of the kids might, we're trying to fix that, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, dude, we could go to Badlands when we were kids on the weekend, there'd be five practice fields set up with 300 players. And it was yeah. like, that's Insane. what, we, yeah, that's what you did. And now uh, we were talking about it last time I was in Columbus and I was like, you, you, there's nowhere like that. Like if you want to be that, like you can easily do it. Let's just do it. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So. The, the tough part is the winter. That's, that's the biggest factor for Midwest paintball because you have the the southerners and the western uh the western folk who are just playing nonstop all right. year round. So right. you're having to compete with that and you have like 6 months of like cold shit weather <laughs> and you're you have to that's why the the first event was at least for aftershock the first event was always kind of just a like all right, let's get let's let's get it moving. Let's see, let's get the train moving. Let's get the wheels rolling, and then and then hopefully by you know the next event or by Chicago right. mid season, we're playing at our, our peak ability. Yeah. And now, I mean, I I don't know. Do you know of any like decent indoors that are? No, I think that the guys like the the boom slash energy guys play at one in Wisconsin. That that might be all right. Um, but no, I mean honestly, I'm trying to get the guys to be in this mindset we're trying we're kind of changing our practice regimen and how we structure to be more of a professional team and like they're these guys are used to going out every weekend and shooting a case of paint at whoever's at the field and i'm like guys just repetition yeah i was like that's great but that's not going to get us to the next level like we need to come out here and shoot 100 cases doing the same thing to learn how to close games to learn how to you know pinch players out like because if you don't do that. Like Marcelo is going to make you look stupid mm-hmm. without knowing how to do that stuff correctly. So I'm trying to change that. So I told him, I was like, in the winter, we have to travel. We have to go to Florida to play damage. We have to go to California. If we really want to make a good run at this, like we have to adapt. So we can't go out here in the middle of the snow and shoot a case of paint, expect to compete next year in Vegas, you know? Yeah. yeah. So, I hate playing in the cold too. Dude, it no, sucks I, so much. I, 
I wouldn't do it. I couldn't do it. Like it's, I mean, paintballs hurt. <laughs> right? It's twice as much in the cold. Oh. I, don't, I don't understand people that like don't mind getting shot. That was always my big thing as a player. I'm like, I hate getting shot. Like I don't want to get shot ever. Yeah. For, for me, it's never like, it's never been a getting shot thing. It's like a getting dirty, nasty. Like I don't mind getting dirty, nasty when I'm, when I'm playing, but I don't like my gun getting dirty, nasty. And I don't right. like, I don't like having to play like in the super cold when I'm going into a corner and dragging snow into my hand and like, right, just, and right. not, not being able to like grip my gun. Cause my hands are frozen like this and just, ah, uh, I mean, we can go on for, you know, hours about talking about that's, how shit that's what you did too. Like you were, you were a front player. I remember every time we played you, you're just a rocket and we're like, okay, where's Carl going to go? But for me, I just get to stand in the back. It's a little bit easier. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, but I want to, I want to go back to, um, growing up and playing at Badlands like why for you uh, what I mean was it ever an option to possibly play or try out for Aftershock or go for some kind of program um in a more permanent spot in Chicago or is it purely just you know you wanted to go to school in Tennessee or you did go to school in Tennessee and that was the reason why you left that area yeah it was more of a personal thing like when I was a senior in high school I think we were playing like division three seven mans actually like Nick Nick Sloyak was guesting on our team in MPPL and playing with voltage in um uh which was I guess PSP then but yeah it was like the shock program wasn't really a program yet it wasn't until like the next year that shock kids like became a mm. thing so it was either like you played for shock or there was a team I think called thunderstruck um and I w it was just in that time where there wasn't like any feeder teams. It was either like you were pro or you were just like a division three player. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, it just worked out. And I was like, you know, I just, I always wanted to go to school at Tennessee and uh, I just made that life choice, um, which was like the best thing that ever happened to me. But yeah, I just never really, uh, you know, so yeah, but I grew up like getting beat down by Farside at country club every yeah, yeah. Friday <laughs> night, like in the grossest place in the world. Oh my God, dude. I remember that. Cause I, I'm, uh, I'm pretty sure it was uh, that spot where I played for Avalanche, yeah, and I think that's where we played. And it was like, I think they had mold underneath, oh, dude, everywhere. Oh, it was like it, it was hard to breathe. Yes, in that place. Yeah, and uh, I'm not trying to shit on. I'm like, I'm literally just saying this. That's how it was. Like, it but that's was... how. But that's like why it was awesome. Like players nowadays have it so good, dude. Like we grew up playing in that shit. And now players are like <laughs> complaining when the turf is a little bit uneven. Oh, dude. Okay, yeah. but there is. So I do have a little, uh, a little nitpicking to do with people who lay turf. Like, you have <laughs> to. Like for me, it's you have to adjust the field if wherever a corner or something like that is, or a snake. If there's a seam there, like you're asking for somebody to just rip their ankle to pieces. Right. Like there has to be some kind of adjustment. And I've gone to so many fields where it's like they could have moved everything like five foot this way, but they just put it right there. And I'm like, I, I'm not going to that corner. I'm, yeah. I'm standing up the whole time. And if I get shot, <laughs> I get shot because I'm not going to rip my knee to pieces because right. you know, they, they laid it out that way. Well, hopefully Dave does a good job this week with that. I'm sure he will. He does. He's, <laughs> he's a great dude. I'm actually going to have him on. Um, on Tuesday, I'm, I, I'm hoping. I'm waiting for him to, to message me back, but he'll yeah. do it. He'll do it. Yeah, but he, uh, I, I, yeah, I need to go down there and play and uh, and get more involved in the in the Ohio scene. It was it's kind of like a weird paintball for me has always been this like kind of not love hate, but just 
love and space relationship where it's like you, you I, I think with how involved I have been in the whole game, it's I feel like it's good to be involved as much as I was, but sometimes you need just a little bit of kind of breathing room and to be oh. able to kind of get your shit back together. Obviously, this is just me talking, but then be able to kind of, you know, enter back into it with a kind of a maybe a fresher perspective if that makes any sense no totally dude yeah i mean i everyone I, I, paintball is like that sport you can never really get away from i feel like mm-hmm. yeah everyone's like oh i'm quitting and then all of a sudden like you know like a year later like scott kemp has quit like 17 times i feel like <laughs> um and it's like because it's such an addicting thing man i feel like yeah. you're always kind of looped in and it's and it's fun as hell like why would you really want to quit you know right and for me it was more of like uh, a time in my life where just like family started coming first and now the the kids are getting older and I'm getting more and more antsy to go out <laughs> because I feel like I'm I'm far from you know being done and playing right so um I think it's it's time to kind of gather gather my shit back together and just go to you know the most local place that I have especially in Ohio and I just I think I'm done possibly competing at that level i just want to be able to go out and just kind of like help others reach their peak right you know what i mean and 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 if it's just like stepping on a field and going against guys and 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 not meaning this in a bad way being able to help pick out pick out their flaws and work on those like hey man why did you let me you know go here like like just like that's i'm just pointing something out like we gotta we gotta fix that so and obviously not stepping on any toes i'm not gonna be like trying to step in on what you're doing or anything i just want to i loved that was another thing i loved growing up playing paintball for me was always a okay where's the best guys at the field i want to go to the other side right like i want to be on the opposite team i always want to play against you know the best players and to be able to to go down a level up and do something like just practice against the guys to be able to help them get better Yep. If that's the least I can do, I'm there. Yeah. No, that's awesome. And, and that's honestly the biggest reason why I kind of agree to do this whole thing is like I put myself in those shoes. When we turned pro, we didn't have anyone to be like, hey, here's the 10 things you guys can do to fast track to get a little bit better to compete faster. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I learned those things, but it took me five years of losing to the best teams in the world to do it. So now I can go in and be like, hey, guys, that's the wrong way to do it. Like, yeah. You know, so there's just all those little things that like in that work and divisional that never are going to work on the pro circuit. Yeah. And I'm like, you know, without someone being there, be like, no, quit being a fucking idiot. Like, you know, I think so. That's that was really the biggest thing. It's like I wish I would have had that in, in, you know, 2010. And I'm glad that, you know, I can do that to the, for the guys. Right. And I think it's something like like turning pro um, in the era that we did. Um, and playing against the players that like, for me, a good example was getting on excessive. My flaws were, were, were shown right away, getting on a team full of killers like that and, and, and true vets of the game. Right. Um, they instantly brought out like my, the best and worst I had and was able to kind of find that, that happy middle ground. And, um, and, and, you know, I, I think the same way, you know, I didn't have anything kind of coming up in the local scene, I had local players that kind of like went here and there, but it wasn't really until I feel like excessive until it really kind of got uh, exploited. Um, yeah. So, so that was, that was, must've been awesome though, playing out there and like with that, you know, it was it, thinking back on it right now. It's really surreal um, because it was, it's one of those moments. It's like, I'll, I'll give you a hockey reference. Um, 
it's kind of like playing beer league and then stepping on the ice with like McDavid and everybody, you know, and like name the other top four players of the league. And then like all of a sudden the players that you look at and you're like, I've been watching you guys for this and you know, I'm, I'm a fan. And then you step on the, you know, step on the ice or something. And then, you, then you're accepting Dude, a pass from this that, guy. It's like, this is so fucking weird. This is that so was weird. literally my life tonight. Like we have a predator on our team for the summer. Cause the, their leagues are, they're obviously out of the NHL playoffs. Yeah. Like, Played against a Hall of Famer tonight, two NHL players, two KHL players, and an AHL player. And I'm like, I just really? played like shitty hockey, like club hockey, and it was insane. Like to play with those guys, like, yeah, uh, no, I'm with you. It's it's crazy. There's going to excessive would it had to felt like that. Like, yeah, I wish I would have had a chance to do that type of thing. Like that that must have been just a blast. Yeah, it was um, it was insane. You know, and and it's it, it's you know, the mind works in mysterious ways because it's, it's like this one thing that I've always been kind of accompanied, accompanied with is speed. And <laughs> it's always been kind of this, um, this curse and a blessing thing because I've never, I never wanted to be known as this kind of whole one-sided player thing. Um, but I've always been known for my speed, but I've always wanted to be like, I want to be known as like a well-rounded player who is also happens to be fast. Right. Um, but, uh, <laughs> you, but but that, that was the reason why I was able to get looked at, and then so it's like, you know, I kind of you know I take it as it is. But yeah, you, you have to be able to you know, in talking to younger players, it's like you have to be able to take those attributes that you have, and and be able to flaunt those in certain ways, and be able to uh, maybe not fix your mistakes or or the things that you're doing wrong, but just not do them anymore. Right, and then and then work on the stuff that you're doing really well. Like if you're like, hey man, you're doing really well in the snake. How about become a snake player? Like let's let's do that and really figure out your spot. Yeah. Um, what did you what did you play growing up? Were you like the athletic type growing up? Did you did you play hockey growing up? And paintball was just kind of this thing that you that you found, or um, how did it kind of come about? Yeah. So I actually played I played hockey my entire life. I started skating when I was like three. Um, it had a pond in my backyard, like the whole nine yards played, you know, the it, like travel and AAA growing up mm-hmm. and played, you know, club in college just for fun. I mean, I still play two days a week here. I play on, and like I was talking earlier, an insane adult league team. Like kids on our team were drafted to the NHL. We have a predator on our team. We have a guy that's won a national championship in NCAA. We have guys that played overseas and it's like, like I'm just like you know a normal, <laughs> just for fun. But it's it's just so cool. Like I thought I t- I, t- I was texting my buddy from my high school team tonight, and I'm like, dude, you had told me 20 years ago that I'd be 33 and getting to take a pass and give a pass to an NHL player on a, on Sunday nights. Like it's just <laughs> insane. Yeah. So we were we were playing against tonight a guy named Ryan Smith, who's a Hall of Famer for the Edmonton Oilers. Um, he had a thousand points in the NHL, and like he, I was having to defend him. And I'm Does like, he have a brother? Uh, or am I, I thinking of a different Smith? Because there was a Smith that played for the Red Wings, and I didn't know. I don't think he played for the Wings. I don't know. He he ha- he's notorious because he wore the Wayne Gretzky helmet his entire career. Like the you know what I'm talking about that old school. Uh, yeah, yeah. So he played he played mostly for the Oilers. Um, I think he played for a couple other teams though. But yeah, he's a Hall of Famer, um, and he plays on the the best team in the league. And like yeah, tonight like he literally I did defend him like multiple times. I'm like guys, I don't know what you want me to expect out of me here, but I'm gonna do my best. <laughs> um, so yeah, played hockey growing up, still play now. Uh, played baseball growing up at a pretty good level. Um, still play softball on Wednesday nights now. I'm, I'm all around sports, man. And yeah, I just found paintball one day. My buddies were like, hey, do you want to go mess around the woods? I was a freshman in high school, I remember. 
and uh, it was just going like playing in the woods and rec ball like whatever and then it just kind of got a little bit more and more and my parents hated it because my dad was like always like wanted me to go to the nhl or like go to the major leagues or whatever oh, yeah yeah and then i was like you know like i really love this paintball thing <laughs> paintball ma- making people <laughs> making pro pro like national players going to probably you know the nhl or nfl or anything turning them into professional players on the other end on paintball Dude. side since it started I just loved it, man. I was addicted. I remember I skipped prom to play Tampa MP- NPPL, yeah. uh, like whatever year that was, oh, oh three maybe or something, mm. oh four. Um, yeah, it was just great. And then it wasn't until literally until I turned pro, my parents were like, "That's the stupidest shit in the world." Like, <laughs> uh, and then finally, when we turned pro with DEP, I remember my dad was like, "This is actually pretty cool. Congratulations! Right. Like, you achieved the ultimate goal in that sport." And see, that's a, a lot of freaking convincing to be able to like, like having to go pro in this whole different thing to be able to convince your parents. It was it was semi somewhat the same thing for me because it was like one of my because I, I played a, a baseball football growing up and I was a pretty decent baseball player. And I had a, a scholarship going to a small university here and um, I gave that up to pursue my paintball career. And so my parents were like, you're you're what you're doing you're playing what and then they went to an event and uh we're just completely like okay i get it all right and it wasn't until i turned you know i turned well actually they saw me in a magazine when i played for tipman effect um and they were like they thought it was cool but i think they were still pretty skeptical yeah um and then and then I turned pro and they went to an event and they're like, okay, all right, that's pretty cool. All right. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. And I'm sure it was super frustrating though for our parents to be like, oh, what are you doing, kid? You know? You spend all yeah, because I'm thinking about it. They spend all this money on cleats, bats, mm-hmm. like all this other gear for all these other sports. Time, time traveling. I played on travel baseball teams, and you know, I think about being a parent now. Like I'm thinking about it. I'm like, I must have stressed them the hell out trying oh, to make that decision. Dude. I used to have to go from Badlands, like go, I'd play a paintball day and then go to a hockey game that night. And I remember my parents, like I'd be sleeping on the way there. I was so tired from paintball. Mm-hmm. My parents and I'd play like shit, like and then like they, I'm sure they thought I was just a complete waste. <laughs> hockey was the one sport though that I've. My parents rarely said no whenever I want. I wanted to try everything, and uh, but they rarely said no. But hockey was the one thing where they like look we do not have the money for you to play <laughs> hockey or to try it and to try it and then not like it. We just don't, we just don't or, or like it. And that would be even worse. Cause then we got to figure out more money, but we just don't have the money for you to try hockey. And I was like, I was so upset because it's like, I want to try it. So I love hockey so yeah. much. I just want to try yeah. it. But there's only like around here, at least there's only like two rinks and they're always filled to the max like just with with local high school teams and everything else getting in there and playing it's yeah it's, it's really tough yeah nashville since the predators became good and like i've been in nashville now for 10 years and since the preds became good it's been incredible how much hockey has grown like when i was here out of college i came straight out of college and it was like our team was like all the, like the best players in town had played like just some club level college right now like our top league dude like literally there's six pro players on the other side of the ice. And I'm like, when did this become a thing? But everyone just wants to move here. And it's like, and so it's cool, you know, cause I well, so, cause Columbus the blue, with the blue jackets being good too. And having yeah. better, you're, they're going to see the same thing there. Like hockey's going to become big there because the blue jackets have a good team 
and you know people like it so it'll be fun to watch what happens in ohio with hockey for sure yeah i feel like because i'm more north uh northwest ohio i feel like i need to convince my wife that we either need to move to columbus or move to nashville because yeah. i heard i heard nashville's really really, really nice uh, too it's a blast so are you are you close to like then like sandusky area and all that mm-hmm. i'm like okay. i'm like 45 minutes uh west Very and cool. then from from level up i'm like two and a half Okay, gotcha. Yeah, I know. I mean, I don't. I only think one guy lives within an hour of level up that's on the team. Oh, really? I think, yeah, mostly. I mean, we have a whole crew from Pittsburgh, and that's three and a half West Virginia. And then I think there's only two guys that live anywhere within like driving distance, like like an hour. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, no, no one's really Columbus. Dave's the only one there. Everyone else is like, there's one guy up by you, but yeah, four of the guys are in Pittsburgh. Yeah, two and a half hours is so much better than the four-hour trip over to Chicago. Uh, yeah, it was well, and because I would I would leave, I wouldn't stay Friday night into Saturday morning. I would leave early, super early Saturday morning to get there by nine or whatever it is in the morning to to, to play. I was like, oh my god, the grind, dude, the grind. Yeah, yeah, it was uh, it was insane. But um, so now you're you're coaching level up. Uh, how has that transition been from playing, not playing, and then coming back and having to coach a freshly, I wouldn't say freshly formed pro team because these right. guys have been playing together for, for quite some time, but freshly pro-seened team. What kind of how, how has that uh, been for you? Honestly, it's been way smoother than anyone expected i think like we just have this natural chemistry like me and the guys and we get along they understand and there's no egos on the team so there's no one that's like no one ever questions it everyone's always like okay we understand what the larger goal is here we're they're an actual team and it's like i don't know if it would work the same if there was a couple of people on it that had like those egos, the egos like, yep yeah like if archie was on the team i'd be like uh this is gonna be awkward um and i love archie archie course, doesn't have an ego what yeah, are you talking of course, about no i'm sure i'm sure he does on the golf course we'll see how friday goes um <laughs> but uh but yeah like you know they're all just super humble and for me to come in and i kind of had to like they never they they had heard of me but they had never like we didn't play in the same era so like right. i never knew the kids i never shot them like they were all division six when I was pro, like they didn't really know. So I had to like kind of get there. And then also it didn't, it didn't hurt that we played a tournament together. So I, I invited them down to Atlanta to play this open X ball. And I brought Keith Brown up from uh, Florida and, mm-hmm. and one of kind of my guys, Mike Zupa, who plays for Revo now was always our young kid on CEP that we kind of coached up. So we all played a tournament together and like, and I played, I obviously played like home every point and they're like oh he can also play like you still kind of got it because um, we won the tournament and we beat like a, a guy a bunch of guys off aftermath and stuff mm-hmm. um so yeah so no it's just it's been awesome honestly the kids are great and like they just they're eager to learn and they're hungry and and uh, there's just good vibes man I, I can't say a bad thing about it and that's what makes it fun like i don't mind playing to columbus every other weekend or a couple times a month it's like it's cool it's a good time so you do fly into columbus yeah, so Dave flies me up. Um, we we do one practice there a month, and then we'll do. They like to go to Revo and play in New Jersey, and so I, I pretty much when I committed to the, the season, I said you can have every event and one guaranteed weekend before each event um, with my work schedule, um, and anything beyond that will just be bonus. But that's kind of my minimum guarantee. So right now there's more because I'm trying to get them to be like, okay, when I'm not here, this is the things you do. This is how we practice. These are the drills that we do to to stay sharp. And then as soon as they kind of are learning that, then it'll be a little bit easier for me. Like, hey, guys, I'm not coming this weekend. Just do the shit you know you have to do. Right. 
So right to be able to you know put yourself in in certain situations and uh, you know do situational drills and even even basic sharpening of the sword of just doing like getting there early and doing snap shooting drills and yep. and and doing you know doing uh, running and shooting out to the corner and just like simple stuff I think sometimes people forget where it's like you don't want to overcomplicate the practice or overcomplicate the players of of all these situations that are obviously need to be taken care of but it's like. You know, I, I think about it all the time you know, of the shit that I wish I did back when I first started was like was the getting there early and doing the snap shooting and doing the the, the running and shooting and everything like that. And uh, because now there's so much competition out there where guys are not only doing that before the team practice, but they're doing it after and they're yep. doing it for an hour after. And then yep. they're also doing it doing it during the week. So it's like uh, as paintball has grown into this kind of all-encompassing like you have to be as good as you are and or as good as you want to be because everybody's working to the very bone of their fingers to be able to 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 play at the top level and if you're not doing the same right you're you're wasting your time yeah you know i went up last weekend or two weeks ago and and we shot i think we shot 80 cases in two days and i think they probably played two points five on five and they're like this, like the, the, I could tell they just aren't used to that. Mm-hmm. So we did a bunch of drills that we did, you know, when we were pro and all this stuff. And where if you play at points all day, you may play on a normal weekend, you may play 15, 20 points, right? But that's only 15 to 20 breakouts. We probably did. I probably had the guys doing based on the drills, probably 200 breakouts that mm-hmm. weekend. And I'm like, guys, this is how you get repetition. Like you don't just go play points. You can't learn everything that way. You have to actually grind in. So, you know, I think making those progress is, is what's going to catch us up to the other pro teams because you're already against the eight ball. Like when, when Impact practices, they practice Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, mm-hmm. right? So they for every two days, you get on a layout because kids have work. And so my guys have to work Monday through Friday. Then we get two days in layout. Impact has four. It's like, so you're already, they're going to know the field better. So right. you know, there's other things that we have to do to at least try to level the playing field um, and, and going out and playing points, especially against the local semi-pro or D2 team, I'm like, guys, that's that's not going to cut it. Like, we need to actually work here, you know? Right, and and bring out, you know, bring out the big teamwork situations. Yep. Um, but I think, you know, thinking about it as we're talking about it, I don't think this would have worked in 7-man or 10-man. Doing the whole breakouts and doing no. the, uh, yeah. situationals, yes. I can see that, you know, the four-on-three closing the game, you know, closing the game. But I think, Seven man and ten man were so much more broad that I it, it, it just wouldn't conceptually work um, on a point to point basis because you're playing that one game, you know, with ten man or seven man. But whereas with X ball, you kind of have this repetitious, yeah, you know, format. Which in my in my opinion, it's it's less fun. I enjoy the 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 kind of variousness of seven man and 10 man much better. I still, I love playing 10 man right now. The mech 10 man stuff is so much fun. Yeah. Um, but to play X ball and to play in the NXL, like you have to have those certain things you know how to do. And like, you know, I think I had our guys, even our bat guys, we had these drills like running to the corner and shooting the home guy. If until you can shoot that home guy, every time running the corner, don't do anything else. Like mm-hmm. our front guys need to shoot that guy. Cause if not, they're going to get shot. Like yeah. unless you can make that guy flinch with their first three balls, you're going to get shot by Marcelo or, you know, Archie, like they're going to eat you alive. So like getting them to realize like 
this is the stuff that makes a difference because if you can make him flinch in your first three balls, their their lane's going to be off when you dive into your bunker, you know? Exactly. And, and they don't, they're like, oh, that makes sense. But like, they don't, they never practiced that stuff in semi pro. They just went out and played. So that's the stuff we're really digging into now is like, hey, this happens for this reason and this is the result. And that's why we're five alive and in, in not losing two bodies, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've always preached, um, accuracy over volume i've i've i mean i've probably i probably said it so many times on this damn podcast that people hate hearing it <laughs> but but the thing is is like even with the ramping markers the the more accurate you can you can be within those that first burst of semi-auto that you have um you know the the better chance you have of making it to whatever spot you want whether it be you know to a corner off the break or to d1 or wherever it is you're going if you can see the guy who's shooting at you, that means he can see you too. So you both have a chance of shooting each other. Uh, he might have a little bit more. St- see, and then I think about it too. It's like you know, thinking about it. Well, the, you know, the back guy has a better chance because he's standing still. Yeah, but the back guy is also a standing target. Yep. You know, so it's like there's so many, and I think that's what I love so much about paintball too. Is you know, c- competitive paintball is that you have this kind of it's kind of like yin and yang with the way that it's played of, of where like, you know, you think this guy has the advantage, but in actuality, you know, it's, it's always kind of split down the middle because just as much as I can shoot you, you can shoot me, especially because it's such a game of angles and we're all on the same angle. If you're here and it's like, I overcomplicated it in my head because I started blabbing on about it, but it's like, it, 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 for me, it makes total sense when I, you know, start kind of ranting about it. I think too, like when you can, when you make the transition mentally as a player from, oh, someone's going to help me make this move to I can help myself make this move and this is how I do it. I think that's when you really elevate your game. Like you think about the best players in the world. I mean, the Russians are fantastic at it. Like they're mm-hmm. coming out and their first three balls are right in your face and you're flinching and then they're making their move. So, you know, it's, it's, it's crazy. I think that's where you really elevate. But all the best players in the world, they know that's, that's exactly how they do it. They can advance themselves up the field. Whereas, you know, divisional, it's like, oh, let's two-on-one that guy, like, Krill from the Russian Legion. He's like, nope, like, this is, I'm <laughs> going to do it myself, you know? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's the kind of stuff we're working through right now is, like, making that transition to what truly means to be a pro player um, and how do we think and move and, like, you know, they're still doing the divisional thing. Like sometimes when they get, they start to freak out when it's three on two and they're at home and they just throw their body away by trying to make the corner. And I was like, no one's going to allow you to do that. I was Mm -hmm. like, you dig in, you focus on a player, you try to get that kill out. And sometimes you're not going to, but you don't run to the corner and get chewed up on the way out because then you're really just throwing the game away. Right. We got to, we got to give ourselves the best chances to win in all situations. And I think that's really where, levels that's where our focus is now for us to elevate you know by world cup is we need to start working on that so at the pro invitational and the practices between world cup that's the kind of stuff we're really going to work on um because athletically our team versus another team there's no big difference right all the pro everyone's athletes on the field right so there's no difference there it's everything is just mental and then your capability and how you execute so that's the gap we're really trying to close right now yeah and i think you bring up a good point of of being able to be self-sufficient not saying you know and it's it's kind of you know it kind of goes away from what a lot of uh a lot of pros i feel kind of preach and and i'm not i'm not saying it's bad by any means but a lot of pro you know teamwork 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 which is an obvious thing 
when you're playing on a team with five guys. But if you can be a player who is not only a great teammate and player, but who is also self-sufficient, you make yourself so much more of yeah. you know a weapon. And if I don't want to call it gun dominance, but gun confidence. If you can have that going onto the field and to be able to uh, not only create a situation, but be able to handle a situation by yourself is you know, yeah. above and beyond what, what I could ask for players is to be able to handle a situation. Because one thing is with good teamwork, you're going to be able to get out of a situation if you know the field. Like this comes down to like walking the field and being, you know, normally it's like two guys that are always working together. That's why I said I, th I thought four-man would be a great format because it's always two guys mm -hmm. on, on either side that's usually working and talking, right. communicating back and forth with each other. Um, is... You know, you, you kind of you have that communication like, OK, hey, can you wrap and put this guy in so I can go like a very simple field walking and just adjustment and teamwork. But if you're in a situation where the dude behind you can only shoot over your head and there's got a guy sitting, you know, that you have to wrap and shoot in. If you can do that on, on, a, on a very confident basis, you make yep. yourself in, instead of sitting there and going, what's this and yelling and missing all these opportunities that are happening rather right. than assessing the situation, controlling it, and then, and then creating it. it. It's, if you can do that, I mean, you become, it, that's the pro level. I mean, yep. that's what it is. I think the best players in the game, I, I, I never coach at practice. I always let them do it. But sometimes when they're sitting there, I'll just say, figure it out. Like, you yeah. know, put the pieces together in your head because I think you look at Fedorov, you look at Archie, you look at J-Rab, you look at these guys who dominate the sport, they can put it together in their head of what needs to be done to get that next key component, the next kill, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what really separates it too. And it's like literally figuring that out. But it's you got to be able to process and play at the same time. And that's that's the hardest thing to do in the sport is like, you know, play and also process mentally what that next little thing needs in. So that's, that's the one thing I always say from the sidelines, like mid game, I'll be like, just figure it out, you know, and you can see their minds like start to work and yeah. it's cool to watch that happen. Yeah. It's, it's one of those things where it's like, you know, everybody preaches communication, but if you don't have production after communication, all you have is communication. So yep. you, you have to communicate and then you have to produce. And I think that has been, um, that that's such a key factor is, is, is always, you know, everybody wants to walk the walk, um, and, and talk the talk, but you have to be able to do both. Yep. And For until sure. you do that, it's, it's like, you're going to figure out very, very quickly at that level that you're not going to be able to, you know, handle the situations that are going to be thrown at you. Right. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. That's all the difference. Hey, um, it gets me riled up talking about it because I just I, I can't wait to get back on the field and, uh, you know, and, and just play. I mean, just I think having these kind of gaps in playing really brings back just the very primal fun that you have. And I think that's the same thing with the 10 mans that are happening. I still prefer seven man. I think seven guys is like such a golden number because 10 is so many people to worry about. Yeah. So many people. But seven is oh so nice. But. Just something like that to be able to, like, you just have, you don't have to do, like, the heavy lifting of, like, shooting a bunch of paint. All, again, I'm talking from a front guy's perspective. Right. Um, but it's, like, just being able to, like, kind of just kind of free flow through it. And it's not, like, super, like, con all over the place, which X-Ball is. But, um, you know, I just can't wait to get back on it. Unfortunately, it's, like, pretty much almost the end of the season coming up. Um, so are you playing this weekend or not? 
I'm not. I'm coming. I'm. I plan to come on Saturday to just kind of observe. Um, yeah. So far, <laughs> that's, that's the plan. Um, but uh, I haven't really played ever since this whole pandemic thing has happened. Um, just because of I don't know how everybody's kind of handling it, so it's yeah. tough. And I have two kids at home. I don't want to risk sure. it just by my selfishness of wanting to go do something really, really fun. Um, but my plan is is to go watch and then possibly make it to the ICPL in uh, in Chicago, possibly. But I want to just kind of see how it's how it's going. I I would have loved to play this weekend, um, but so far I'm just gonna go kind of. Uh, you know, see everybody, say hi. Check and, it and out. Yeah. 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 Cool. Well, I'm looking forward to it for sure. Yeah. I'll be uh, at the ICPL as well. That's going to be fun. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, um, do you have any kids or anything like that? No, single. Luckily, that's probably why I can actually still do this stuff and play a bunch of sports and whatnot. But, uh, no, I'm, uh, yeah, still single and, uh, just living life. I've honestly dedicated the last six years to my businesses, you know, ever since paintball was done. And, and, uh, yeah, it'll happen. But, you know, I'm 33. Just turned 33, so I think probably by the time I'm like 35, 36, that, that'll be the next stage of life. I'll be like, okay, well, the fun's... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's still, I'll, I'll still golf, I'm sure, but, you know. Yeah, yeah. That's, um. So if you don't mind, what, what do you... Uh, what are the businesses that you're in outside of paintball? Sure. Um, so my first business I started, which actually in, I started while we were pro, was called Batch Weekend, and it's essentially we were the largest bachelor and bachelorette party planner on the East Coast, um, really in the U.S. We own Nashville for that segment and what we do, and it, we had a TV show um, that was on CMT, so we had a, a reality TV show really? in 2017, 2018. Um, so that was the first one. Um, it's just it was literally a crazy like my life was a crazy party for <laughs> six years. Um, and then when the TV show was over, CMT kind of cut out all their production on their TV side. So we they canceled our show, and I kind of stepped away from that business a little bit. Right before the show started, I also started a second company. So I built my bachelorette company from zero to about uh, pretty much zero to a million dollars um, in just Facebook ads. So I, be, I became like super good at, at targeting people and figuring out how to connect with people on, on the internet. Mm-hmm. Um, so then... I had other friends who were own businesses and they're like, Hey, can you do that for me? And I was like, cool. So I started an agency um, called hustle media and we essentially are a Facebook uh, our social media agency. So we pretty much manage people's social media. Um, we do all the ads, we do all the content creation. Um, we've been working a lot in music cause of Nashville and a lot of my friends are artists. My roommates are country artists, blah, mm-hmm. blah, blah. Um, and then as of late, we've been getting more into beverages. So Bud Light's one of our clients. Um, and, and then, and then as of, COVID, we'd be getting into golf. Golf is a huge passion of mine now that like I'm not competitive in paintball. I got to be competitive in something. Yeah. So I play golf with all my hockey buddies. Um, so now we do social media for golf courses and golf companies. It's a huge niche that is very, uh, that no one's really in because a lot of people don't understand it, especially kind of nerdy social media people. Mm-hmm. Um, but I understand both the worlds and it works really well. One of my good friends owns a course and we kind of are, we've been using him as a test for the last four months and it's going phenomenal and uh now we're going to kind of start building that up so batch weekend is still uh, still a company um it's dead because of covid obviously there's no not really any bachelorette stuff going on hustle media is still going so we do social media and golf beverages and entertainment um and then i have another side company that's my newest one and it is uh 
we essentially do large team building events in Nashville for corporate people that travel here because it's such a tourist destination. Sure. So when Pepsi comes to do their sales conference, we'll take all their people out in Nashville and do a fun team building event that also gives back to a local charity. So nice. like we'll we'll like out we'll like they'll build backpacks after doing a scavenger hunt on Broadway and drinking beers all day, and they'll and we'll donate all the backpacks to local inner city kids who can't afford school supplies. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so those are the three things I split my time. About sixty percent goes to the social media company Hustle, and then um, the the remaining twenty twenty go to Batch Weekend and Rocket is the team building company. So that's awesome, man. Fairly busy, and then I helped found an organization out of Tennessee called Folds of Honor. It's a national um, charity, but we supply uh, college um, scholarships to the spouses and children of military heroes. Um, so if you if you got injured in war or you got killed in war. Well, their kids and spouses usually don't have the correct funding and resources to, you know, get their education. So we um, provide those. So I'm on the board of I'm on the senior board of that. That's a huge passion project of mine. And I, I helped found the Tennessee chapter of that charity. Um, so I actually spent a ton of time working with Folds of Honor, which is like one of my just just such a great cause, like, you know, of all about our military, essentially. Yeah. Did you have any military family growing up or anything like that? No, not really, man. My best friend is in the Marines. Um, he flies helicopters. And uh, then my buddy that I play hockey with here um, just got me involved with Folds like three years ago. And there wasn't really anything official in Nashville. We worked with some country music artists and stuff. But then like two years ago, he's like, hey we want to form an actual organization out of Nashville and out of Tennessee. And, uh, I, I was, I was, I was volunteering my time. They're like, Hey, like we love what you do. Like, would you like to be on the senior board? And so it was an honor and it's like, a, it's like a bunch of heavy hitters in the entertainment industry and, and some other stuff. And, uh, yeah, so that's kind of my newest thing. Um, and it's been great, man. It's just so cool. Like I was just at a point, like I spent like five years partying, right. Doing batch weekend stuff and like taking these bachelorette parties out on the town. Like that was literally my life every Friday, Saturday night. We'd be spent. You were just a fun coordinator, dude. That was it. Literally, (laughs) the I think in 2017, I spent 36 weekends a year on Broadway or Bourbon Street, New Orleans, until 3 a.m. every night. And it was like it was cool because I was single. Like I had a girlfriend, um, but it was like it was fun, and it wasn't crazy. I was running a business. I was like legitimate. Like my number one claim to fame always. I had over 5,000 customers all 20 to 30 year old females i never once mixed the line of business and pleasure like i'm super proud of that fact mm-hmm. um but i spent five years six years doing that and i got to a point my dad died in that whole period and the tv show failed and all this shit went wrong and i like looked at my life and i'm like i'm not really helping anyone like yeah i'm getting these people drunk and they're having fun but like i want to do something that like matters and i want to have more fun for me and that's kind of like when I started doing the nonprofit stuff. I started building companies around what I love, golf. And mm-hmm. you know, um, and then when Dave called, I was like, this is perfect. Like I can get back into the sport that I've loved, you know, for the past 20 years. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of all full circle. So it's, it's just crazy how it's all worked out. So, so did you go to school for the, for the tech side, for the social media side? No, or maybe I not social media side, but I mean like tech side. Yeah, I actually just went for entrepreneurship. Um, I actually piloted University of Tennessee's entrepreneurship minor. We didn't have it when I was there, so I kind of got to create my own course load. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was all about how to run a business, operate a business, do marketing, all that stuff. Um, so I actually still I speak every semester back at in Knoxville um, to the school there about just being an entrepreneur and just you know essentially you just get punched in the face for five years until you can figure out how to make it all work. Um, 
so yeah, so that, that's what I studied. And uh, I, I worked for Enterprise Rent-A-Car a little bit out of college to like learn a little bit of corporate structure. And I've been working for myself full time since 2015. Um, so yeah, it's been a wild ride, but uh, it's getting better every day. Yeah, dude, that's, that's, it's very commendable. Um, just everything. I mean, that's, my, my father was, um, my father passed away too. He was in the military. He was a Marine. And then my, my grandfather was a Marine. My great grandfather was in the Navy. Like we had, we had military all through my family. I was actually the first generation. My stepfather was in the air force. Um, first generation not to go almost did, but you know, then again, paintball comes in and (laughs) takes you a different way. Changes everything. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know how, I mean, I think about it. I'm like, man, I would have been, you know, it would have been cool to be a Marine, but at the same time, I'm like, no, that definitely not for me. I say, I don't, I don't know if I'm tough enough to do that, man. Those guys are, those guys are another breed, dude. I I just saw a video the other day. It was, it was three Marines. They were somewhere out, out West. And the one dude's getting ready. He's the second guy in line. They're going through this hole in the desert. And they're looking out this hole, and he gets his helmet gets shot and ricochets a bullet off the top. And then they're like, they kind of look around, and then they walk slowly back out, and they look at his helmet, and they all start laughing. I'm like, this is insane, dude. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) no, I mean, and that's I think that's too like I'm dude, and that not to get into the whole political and all that stuff, but like we're we're just we're so lucky to live in the United States and to have the freedoms we have. And like I think people like really take advantage of that. I'm like, man. At the end of the day, we we by far live in the greatest country in the world. We're the most privileged people in the world. We have nothing to complain about ever. But yet, you know, somehow we find ways to complain about everything. And it's just we like, man, more. yeah, I'm just so thankful for our military. And like, you know, we, we live in the greatest country in the world. Well, every and then there's so many people, you know, and, and everybody wants to complain about everything or they want to complain just about this thing. But when in actuality, the other things that this person uses also kind of go. It's like it's such a clusterfuck of we all need each other. That's the yeah. biggest thing. Kind of this whole takeaway, because you have this whole right and this whole left. And if we don't have the left, we don't have the ideas. If we don't have the right, we don't have the structure. And we don't, you know, and it's kind of like. It's such a pain in the ass just to like to keep up with everything, and I I, I don't, and I I, I hate it, um, yeah. because because like I said, we we all do need each other, and you know because you know everybody likes to complain about technology and likes to complain about you know how much everything is and phones and this that, but if you didn't have that, you wouldn't have the entertainment or the information depending on how you use your device. You wouldn't have that if you didn't have the guys that got beat up in high school that ended up going to college and becoming these Silicon Valley like tech nerds who are just mil- billionaires. Yeah. You wouldn't ha- you wouldn't have this other stuff. And if you but if you didn't have the athletes, you wouldn't have these teams that you're cheering for. Right. That you know so we all you know we we're all in this this whole thing as cliche as it sounds. We're all in this thing together. Yeah. And you know it, we we all just have to be as cliche as it sounds, we have to be nicer to each other <laughs> and we and realize that that, that it, there's so much more to live and and to do on this small amount of time on the small little planet that's floating through space. Um, you know, it's like you said, you started doing something that you love to do and you started giving back and you started, you know, giving back to the military and, 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 and then, you know, coaching. And I, it's like the same thing. I, I, I'm now at a point in my life where I want to be able to help out. Because I've paid my dues, and you know I don't need to to do anything else except for to help. And um, I think more people just need to realize that 
they need to do that. They just need to help instead of right. blame. Yeah, I mean, we're just we're just very you know we live in a selfish society, and it's I think it's getting better though. I think you know there's always a you can look at the bright side, you can look at the negative side. I right. choose to look at the bright side, and it's like we're more we're more educated, we're more well off than we've ever been. We're smarter, you know, we're everything. I think you know it's just it's it's there's never been a better time to be a human being than right now. We have access to anything we want at any time, and you know hopefully people choose to use it the right way. Yeah. I mean, that's the biggest thing is, is you, the way that you use it. Because yep. obviously there's people who abuse it or don't use it at all. And it's just, <laughs> I, I don't know how we got over that, but, um, <laughs> but so with, uh, with COVID and everything that's happening right now, how are you um, kind of staying in contact with the team? You said you guys practice like what, once a month. Um, is it uh, is it anything in between that that you're kind of like telling the guys to go do um, on on the off weekends? Well, I mean, I guess off weekends for you, but on weekends for them if they can play. Yeah, I mean, they're they're uh, honestly, we took a break. Like we literally took a break. There were some guys on the team that weren't cool with COVID, and I totally understood that. So we gave everyone like an option, like, hey, if you want to play, play. There's these opportunities like we played this AXBL in Atlanta and some of the guys drove down. Then we played the MSXL in Louisville and won that tournament. Um, and we, you know, we, we played, but the guys that didn't want to come didn't come and we filled in with other guys. And um, as of late, though, you know, two weeks ago was our first official practice for mm -hmm. the fall. Um, we've been more like, hey, this is something we're going to have to learn how to live with. And, you know everyone has a different opinion, but a lot of our opinions are, you know, it's fairly safer for young people. And, you know, we, we like our chances with that and we're still going to be socially responsible. Mm -hmm. But if we ever want to become the team we're going to become, we need to get to work because a lot of the other teams are. Um, so th there were some guys that took time off. And then I think as of late though, everyone's bought back in and we had such a great practice two weeks ago. And then our whole roster is going to be at this pro event. The last one, we only had six of our guys. Yeah. Really? So we, yeah. So I didn't have, I didn't have, I didn't have two snake players. I didn't have two Dorito players. Like it, and I had to bring up two division two players just to fill the roster. Um, and you know, and, and so I'm excited to get the whole team for this one. I think it's going to be where we'll have a much better showing. Um, but yeah, so we've been just, we've been back on the grind now and, uh, trying to be safe and Dave's being safe at the park. So it's been good though, but it's also been, it's been nice. Like you kind of, during that time you got to reassess like how do you spend your time what do you what do you invest in like what do you want mm -hmm. uh, I, I think COVID has been a, a good break for everybody yeah yeah it's it's definitely has been uh an assessment for i think a lot of people's lives and a lot of a lot of people i think people found that they hate their job actually um that they haven't been taking something serious uh, right. you know, as much as they should um yeah it's been a it's been a crazy ride definitely um, I gotta get going, dude. I'm, I'm so sorry to cut this short, no, but, um, but again, thank you so much for doing this. Uh, where can people find your companies or, or learn or follow a little bit more about you? Yeah, just, they can check out me at, at Robbie Goldsmith, um, R O B B I E G O L D S M I T H. Just my handles and all my stuff's linked through there. Um, yeah. And then just like, you know, follow Columbus level, level up, you know, sports, um, really stoked about what we're doing in the paintball scene, especially in Ohio. Um, I think, uh, you know, it wouldn't be right of me to come on these things without giving the, the guys a shout out because they're the ones putting the work in. Um, we got a really young, good group of kids, man, that I, I'm stoked to see where they take it. I think they can take it as, as far as they want, 
um, but it'll be up to them to see what they want to do with it. But uh, but yeah, if you want to check me out, you can follow me on socials and uh, love to love to meet all the listeners at the event. And hopefully, I'll see you next weekend, bro. Absolutely, man. Safe travels, and uh, and we'll see you soon. Cool, awesome. Thanks, Carl. See you, bud. Bye. See you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I'm sorry I had to cut this one a little bit short, guys. I had a uh, a child matter that I had to attend to. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, that's life that happens, but I'm, I'm glad I was able to sit down and talk with Rob. Thank you so much. Uh, very much appreciate it, my friend and, uh, and good luck. And I am hoping to see you soon at, um, at the little shindig down in Columbus. And I'm hoping this will, this will kind of open up, uh, open up further things for him and as well as, uh, as level up, uh, the field itself. It's going to be great. And, um, yeah, yeah, it's I'm excited, excited to have big paintball in uh, in Ohio. Uh, but also a big thank you goes over to uh, Melavio guys. If you are looking at CBD, please take a look at Melavio. Um, they have some amazing products and that have some amazing results. I can promise you that this is coming from experience. Um, if uh, if you're at all curious, please give them a shout. Shoot them an email. Um, a DM, whatever it is that you like to do with your fingertips, shoot them a message and, uh, and they'll give you all the info that you need. Make sure you use the promo code capital TPOP for 15% off your entire order. Get the goods, melavio.com. Also a big thank you goes to Charm City Paintball, Mr. Paintball, Mr. Mike Thompson, killing it in the head game. I like to use the term head game guru, of course because he just keeps killing it with the, whatever he makes is just amazing. Uh, his, uh, his headgear that he made, he made one for Nick Laval. He made one for Brad McCurley. He has made headgear for myself. Um, there are many pros that are wearing it. You can also identify those headbands by the pro tags. He makes a Charm City professional tag that you can only earn by be, being a professional. Um, but he makes some awesome just uh, public headgear as well and um yeah he loves doing it all he he is just top notch uh and and i very much appreciate him supporting the podcast so make sure you guys please go out and uh support him and uh and and get it out there you know you want some new headgear your head your head is aching for some new gear and i know it's nice to have like your nice your your mojo headband that you're just strapping on your head but the thing is is there's there's always room for a nice new fresh headband. You just tighten it on there, it stays tight. You wear it in, get some new kills. You know what I'm talking about. But thank you to Melavio and Mike. And uh, guys, thank you. And ladies, whoever is listening to the podcast, thank you guys so much for uh, for sticking around and being a part of of this whole project. 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 It means a lot to me. And uh, I, I'm so thankful for the listeners and the paintball community for supporting me uh, through this whole thing. So thank you guys so much. Please do not text and drive. Listen to podcasts like this one. Um, I wonder how many people actually listen to this all the way to the end. I don't know. Shoot me a message if you do um, because I'm curious because I know sometimes I skip the end when I know it's the end. But who knows? But I just want to show my love and appreciation for you guys out there every time uh, that I do a podcast. Much love. Much love. 
Um, and we'll see you guys here again soon on the Playing On Podcast. Peace.